Oh, hey guys, everyone, hold on. We got a couple more people coming in here. Oh, hey, look, it's Ted and Annette Fleming, everyone. Everyone say hi, Ted. They're both management, but they work together as competitors. Um, hey, hey guys, follow me right in here in the kitchen. I'll show you where some drinks are. We have Star Wars Han Solo and Carbonite Ice Cubes. I bought them from ThinkGeek.com. They're only $9.99. If you come over here to the buffet table, we have uh, some canned unicorn meat. It was 14 ounces, $9.99. It's out of stock right now. I got the last little bit there was over at ThinkGeek. If you guys follow me right here into the living room, I have a Star Trek area rug that's usually $69.99. I saved 29% at ThinkGeek.com, so it only really cost me $49.99. It's a pretty nice rug, you guys. Don't, don't put your feet on it too much. Oh, and there sound looks like it's my last guest. It might be my uh, neighbor, Dana Parrott. She said she'd stop over to say hi. Are you the key master? ThinkGeek.com has merchandise from all your favorite TV shows, movies, and comic books like Star Wars, Doctor Who, and the Ghostbusters. Just go to www.cannedairpodcast.com and take the Think Geek link in the middle of the page and look through tons of geek-inspired merchandise. By taking the Think Geek link on the page and making your purchases, you will be helping to support the Canned Air Podcast. So go to thinkgeek.com and start indulging the geeks in all of you. Thinkgeek.com, stuff for smart masses. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Canned Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And we have with us today the creator of Boots in Pup, John Yaskatis. Thanks for being with us, John. Thanks for having me, guys. I've been looking forward to this show. Uh, so have we. We uh, really enjoyed Boots and Pup. And thanks again for sending us each an autographed copy. Yes. That was, <laughs> thank you. Wow. That was beyond amazing. So thank you. You're very welcome. I wanted you to really experience it the way I had designed it to be experienced, and that was in hand as a book, flipping the pages. Best way to read. Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. I'm an old timer. I like the paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle release in theaters this past weekend, the new Simpson live show that's going to be coming up in September, and then we're going to be talking to more uh, with John about. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we're going to be talking to John a little bit more about Boots and Pup, but before we get to that, let's cut over to recaps. Recaps! All right, um, before we jump into our recaps, we have some very, very sad news to report today, and we just found this out moments before recording the episode today. Robin Williams has uh, has died. He committed suicide. We are just in shock. Yeah. I know I am. It was uh, hard news to hear. I'm very, very much at a loss. Um, he was a big part of my childhood growing up, mm-hmm. as well as my adult life, and I... I really saw him as being a very wonderful, beautiful human being and a flawed human being that wasn't afraid to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's one of those uh, fixed years in your life. I know for my generation, anyway, at least for me, that you just you just don't see as uh, ever going anywhere. He's always going to be there, kind of the way uh, like Michael Jackson yeah. was. When he died, whether or not you were into the music, 
it impacted you some way, you know? Well, you never knew anything else but him. Right. So it was really sad. I'm going to have to break out some movies and uh, celebrate his career and his life because that sucks. Yeah, and also the family that he's left behind, which is very, very terrible. Um, just, uh, again, it's, it's going to take a little bit of an edge off of my conversation with you folks tonight. But, um, you know, I guess we, we will endure. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So thank you, Robin Williams, for uh, all the laughs over the years. You will sorely be missed. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Moving along. Let's jump into our first recap on uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Have you seen this yet, John? I have not, nor will I ever. (laughs) (laughs) Wise man. He's a wise man. (laughs) Why do you say that? Well... From my standpoint, I, I think that any of the movies, uh, the Transformer movies and such that I've seen, I've watched them in a neutral stance, sort of like, well, you know what? It's nice to see the giant robots up there. It has a bubblegum aspect to it. Not a lot of substance, not a lot of wanting to see the next one. But with this, they're really, I think they're, they're, they're approaching it wrong. And... These characters, first of all, they're ninjas. They're not gigantic, eight-foot-tall things that glom about it. <laughs> and I feel like they, they try to scrub away what made these characters really cool and really awesome. And I'd much rather sit through um, Turtles 3 than go through and watch this one once. Wow. That's that's quite a statement right there. <laughs> At least it wasn't next mutation. That would have been worse. But I'm glad I haven't seen that one after hearing everyone talk about it. Oh, it's horrible. Don't yeah. waste your time. It was horrible. Well, the female turtle just kills it for me. <laughs> yeah, with shell boobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, as you guys know, and any of our listeners know, I'm a die-hard Ninja Turtle fan. So I've been very skeptical the whole time and. I can say I am. Uh, it wasn't a great movie. <laughs> I felt better after the very first movie, even though I was a kid. I felt better watching that one after this one, even though this one was it was okay. It was neat to see it, I guess. Yeah. And updated the updated times, I guess. Yeah, it's like the first time we saw the way they looked. Yeah. You know, I was appalled, and yeah. for the longest time, I still was. And but. Like, Raph's image has really grown on me. I think that fits him well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at first I had a big discrepancy with them wearing clothes, but at the same time I think it gives them more personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie was just so... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like you said, I think you said it felt rushed. Yeah. Um, yeah, seeing it was only an hour 40 minutes, I knew it was going to be too short. It just seems like it was really made by people who don't know what it means to the fans I, I, there wasn't I don't feel there was a uh, level of respect for it that should have been there all the kids well, enjoyed it though yeah for yeah. sure well they probably probably also thought that they knew better that for some reason the foot should be soldiers they shouldn't carry guns they shouldn't be the same foot that we were introduced to in the comics or even in the movies that came out in the 90s it, right. it just it lost some of its characters almost like it, it felt like an extension of 
what was happening with Transformers with military. I, I, and I'm only reply, replying to this based upon some images and the toy line that came out. When they released the toys and you saw what kids had an opportunity to play with, I thought, man, this is just such a... And, and it's a loss. And also, when you're putting up against it, the cartoon action figures that they have now for the Nickelodeon show... Oh, yeah. They should be embarrassed because that's such a good-looking line. There's such a great array of characters in there. Right. I've really enjoyed that cartoon. That's been one of the best uh, incarnations of the Turtles to come out in the, years, I think. The gap in Donnie's teeth killed me. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> There's some episodes that are way too kiddy, but the storyline they've chose, the origin story they're going with, and... Uh, the whole story with Karai, I just absolutely love. But uh, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, this movie just... I could, I could barely go through the movie. I couldn't... <laughs> I wanted to leave halfway through. Right. There was no, like... I knew the characters. I knew, like, Leo, we'll take for an example. You hear his name and you hear Ninja Trolls. He was supposed to be the leader, mm-hmm. right? This movie, he wasn't leader. He wasn't anybody. He was, like, the side character. He was there because he was blue. He's supposed to be Leo. There's nothing else. He wasn't a leader at all. Yeah, that's true. Thing. I didn't think about it like that. I mean, if you look at it, the only people that they gave personalities to was April and Raph. There's nobody else. Nobody cared about anybody else. I hated how little Splinter was in it. And mm-hmm. we're, we're going to try tonight to spoil this for any of the <laughs> listeners, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to try not to spoil any of it. Maybe you just want to fast forward about three minutes, but um, I hated how quick Shredder was in the mix. You know, there was no build-up. And uh, just the way he was defeated. There's so many problems with it. But they've done something right because there's already a sequel in the works. Paramount has announced. That's a shame. Yeah, well, here's my hope. When they first announced they were making this movie, you know, Michael Bay originally was just going to call it Ninja Turtles. They were going to be aliens. They were going to be aliens. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And people had a fit. And... You know, he seemed to listen to their complaints to an extent. You know, he, they're obviously not aliens now, and they changed the title. And I can't remember what the other discrepancies were. But uh, I'm hoping for the second one, they hammer out all the complaints they're getting from the first one and maybe make the sequel a bit better. I know Dimension X has been talked about a little bit. Oh, really? For the sequel, yep. Yeah. You got, you've gotten this crazy already. Why the hell not? <laughs> Just jump and right into Dimension X and the Krangs all of a sudden. And if it doesn't work, they can always add Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make everything better. <laughs> Don't even bring up Planet of the Apes, please. Oh, oh gosh. What, the new one? <laughs> no, the one that he was in. Yeah, Tim Burton. Chimp Love. Oh, I forgot they remade that one. Yeah, yeah that wasn't good. No. <laughs> no. The, the two newer ones, uh, Rise and Dawn of Planet of the Apes, I mean, I haven't seen the newest one, but the first one was awesome. It looks yeah. like the next one's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, I haven't seen the second one. I do want to see it. And um, the first one, they, they just took us all by surprise. Yeah, they did. Anyway, let's move on. Jack, you had something on Saved by the Bell? Yeah, a while back, we talked about the unauthorized Saved by the Bell story. Right, on Lifetime? Yep. <laughs> was it like Yeah, it was Lifetime. Yep. Uh, the book that was... The show, the movie, it's going to be a movie. It's inspired by 
the book that Dustin Diamond wrote. Right, Screech. Called Saved by the Bell, unauthorized Saved by the Bell story. Anywho, uh, there's a clip from the movie has been put up. Basically, it's just all the kids standing doing like a photo shoot in front of a blue screen. Right. And you just see their attitudes towards each other. And it, it's behind the scenes more. I didn't realize that until I was watching the, the video today. There's how they were not on the show. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be like they were in all kinds of drugs and having sex and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, he said that that book was ghostwritten, and a lot of it wasn't true, but they're still using it to make this movie. So yeah. how much of it can you actually believe? Well, the, the, what I was reading today about it, it said it was inspired by but not directly based on the book. So there's still a bunch of artistic licensing going into it, I guess, to make it a little bit better. When's that released? Did it have a date or anything? Uh, premieres Monday, September 1st at 9 p.m. on Lifetime. What do you think of that, John? Were you a uh, Saved by the Bell fan? Well, luckily enough, I was a bit older than the demographics, so <laughs> I did miss it. Although I did not miss uh, Mr. Diamond on some of his um, reality TV shows. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, oh, so I, I, I really have no comment or no comment that would make this seem like it was something I'd want to watch. So uh, I remember I'm when about... he, he was on the, what was that, Celebrity Boxing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. How bad are Who things going fight? for you? I don't remember. Who else was on that show? I know uh, Willis was on that one. He got, <laughs> I think he got beat, too. By some, I can't remember who he fought, but he got his face punched. Probably, uh, oh, shit, Danny Partridge. What the hell is this? Danny Bonaducci. That might have been who he fought. I can't remember. I don't know. Had to have been a Brady kid in there somewhere. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, anyway, if you're interested in Saved by the Bell, set your DVR, but don't expect too much. I don't know if it was me, but I just because I'm older now, looking at those girls that are playing the girls from Saved by the Bell, but they were a heck of a lot hotter back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original cast. Well, that hair went out of style over all these years. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Seeing it now, you're just like, how could I? But back wow, then... a wall of bangs. <laughs> <laughs> Loud clothing. So, yeah, Slater's, uh, Slater's clothes were pretty horrible. Wearing hammer pants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, tie-dye wife beaters and maybe not tie-dye <laughs> muscle shirts yeah oh god how oh, the times have changed anywho moving on Henry Simmons is going to be joining the uh, cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's going to be playing Alfonso McKenzie a mechanic in his 30s who first appeared in Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. number 3 and I guess this guy plays Detective Baldwin Jones on NYPD Blue I've never seen that show Uh, that's an old show yeah didn't watch it so I mean that's all I had to really say on that we're always updating the cast (laughs) additions on these shows so doesn't sound like much of a cast addition (laughs) no Lucy Lawless is supposed to be in it too what really yeah uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to be in the show. Hmm. That's who? You just really intrigued me here. Wonder Woman. <laughs> what? Wait, no. <laughs> You're full of shit. <laughs> no, seriously. I want to say that she is going to be in it. She's going to be in something. I want to say it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You uh, watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., John? I don't. And that's not a, any sort of um, reflection on what I feel of the TV show. I just haven't had an opportunity to sit down with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's mediocre. It's entertaining if you're a fan of the Marvel Universe. So maybe give it a shot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think the um, movies that are coming out now are 
definitely of the entertainment caliber that I would expect from Marvel Comics. Um, it's oh, been yeah. a while, quite some time, since I've actually read a continuing Marvel comic, but mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a teenager, I was an Avengers fan. I had pretty much every uh, issue, so watching okay. the movie come to the big screen has been, um, been pretty cool. So what did you think of the movie since, you know, you have such a collection, you know, you're, you know, your Avengers, what did you think of the movie? Was it a good, uh, representation? I think so. It was, um, a combination of that as well as what they had done with the ultimates in, in some ways. I, I felt like they had a respect for the characters where they're coming from. And, you know, seeing Thanos at the end of that first one was really, it was cool. And I wasn't expecting that I'd get that type of reaction. And it makes me feel good that the Avengers now have outshined the X-Men in terms of what popularity was. Because as a kid, or as a teenager, X-Men was it. Everybody was all about the X-Men. You like the X-Men, you like the Fantastic Four, then maybe you like the Avengers. But back when I was liking the Avengers, it was Captain Marvel, um, Star Fox, uh, Black Knight. So they really want the A-list Avengers happening there. Right. Um, yeah, I'm real. I'm excited for what happens with the Ultron um, oh, story. Me too. I can't wait for that one. I think it's going to be phenomenal. Isabel Hartley is who Lucy Lawless is going to be playing on Agents of Shield. No kidding. Yep. I don't know who she is, but she's going to be on there. I was Lucy right. Lawless. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited. She's a cutie. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, that'll do it for recaps. And with that, let's just jump right into the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. The rumors. Jack, you have something on Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is rumored. Well, it's a huge rumor right now that he's going to have another part as a Marvel character mm. in the upcoming movies. Have you seen uh, Guardians, John? I have not seen it yet. Um, it's something that I will see before the summer's over. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks it looks fun. It, I, I have a hard time rectifying that Marvel would, rather than go into some of these other properties, would just put this one out there before. And, and, because I, again, as a um, person growing up in the 80s and 90s, I think the first time they ended up on the radar was the Jim Valentino series when he had, I believe, kicked it off again when he was at Marvel. And that wasn't something I picked up, but that was really all I had um, had knowledge of or was in front of me at the time. So sure. I, I don't really know much about them other than, of course, you know, Rocket Raccoon. I know, you know a bit of his origins being that he was a bit earlier. Um, so I am looking forward to it. Everyone, uh, let me say, Boston Comic Con was all about Guardians of the Galaxies. Oh, Star Lord was all over the place. You couldn't find a comic anywhere; they were sold out. It's probably going how, how it's going to be when we go to the comic book store this week. Yeah, because <laughs> I plan on picking some up along with the rest <laughs> of the world. But hey, it was a great movie, and I, you know, I went into it not knowing a whole lot either. Just a couple of their names and what the trailer showed me. I know Jack, you read the series some, mm-hmm. but I don't think you really have to know much, if no, anything, about them to enjoy that movie. It was fantastic, and especially in 3D, that, like you said, was made to yeah. be a 3D movie, and it went off so well. I know reading the series and then seeing the first trailer for the movie, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. I was, I was hooked. I was ready to see it. 
And so, the music, too. I'll say again, the music yeah, made yeah. the movie. It was awesome. One, one of the things that excites me about it is the news I heard that Howard the Duck makes an appearance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how bad we wanted to talk about that yeah. last week. Yeah. But we're like, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I just blew it for everybody in America. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all over yeah, the internet I right know. now. <laughs> it's, it's been out a week. You've had your chance. Two weeks. Two weeks? No, yeah. it's no, it's been a week. Yeah. It's been a week. Yeah, okay. it'll be two weeks by the time this gets on the show. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. I was such a fan of those comics, um, the Steve Gerber issues. Growing up, they were just such a fantastic find. Going back and reading them, I would love for them to produce a Howard the Duck movie with away from what Lucas had provided us and and, and all those guys back in the eighties. Something that really takes. Howard the Duck as it was presented in those comics and, and make it. I, I think that would be very successful. I'm, let me just say also that um, I w- approached a guy looking for the Howard the Duck omnibus because I, rather than pulling out my issues, I'd rather just have the book. He looks at me and he says, you're the 500th person who's asked me that question. Oh, <laughs> so maybe there's something good in the works for Howard. I know they've said that they're nothing. It was just kind of a little joke, nod type thing. But I, I bet with the reaction from it, that something will end up coming up of it. Well, yeah, that was the strange thing about that movie. I mean, it, it bombed when it was released, mm-hmm. but over the years has become a cult classic, and, you know, so many people love it now. Power! It probably would go off <laughs> very well. It would. And, you know, the streak Marvel's on, as long as their tag's on it and they're making it, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, even if we're talking a TV series, uh, something on, on Hulu, whatever need need to be, uh, a web series even. I think that the, the character is fun, and we really didn't get that opportunity. Again, special effects, I think, had a lot to do with it back then. Um, the movie in itself is watchable. It's something that you know you can sit down and, and kind of enjoy. But there's a lot of 80s feel to it also, right. so that kind of brings us back there. But I really think Howard the Duck could be the next runaway hit and um i would be very happy for it because of the property i think that's very well done at the time and i don't think anything has come close to it since then well maybe sam and max freelance please but that's a whole nother story (laughs) (laughs) i i was just floored it was the last thing i expected to see on the screen there but as soon as it came up me and everyone else in the theater just erupted into loud laughter and mm-hmm. like clapping because it was just so off the wall. <laughs> so I hope they do do something with it. I'd like to see what happens with it. But at the same time, I'm not the one who's fronting millions of dollars to make it. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. But anyway. Back to Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah. That guy. <laughs> he <laughs> he had a, posted a tweet. It was last weekend or so. and said, I uh, get the strange feeling that Marvel thinks I'm inhuman. Ha ha. So now the rumor's going around because there's the rumor that Inhumans is going to be in 2019, I think it is. Marvel's going to do the Inhumans. Something like that. That he's going to play Black Bolt. Doesn't have to talk again. I, I know. That's the <laughs> only reason why everyone thinks since he was Groot, he talked. But being Black Bolt, he can't say nothing. <laughs> well, we got this guy signed on, but I can't stand his damn voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It'll probably happen. I don't know. I don't see him as Black Bolt. He's too short and stocky. Yeah. But I don't know. And, well, we'll get to the Inhuman storyline later. (laughs) All right. Moving along. You also had something on uh, the Ghostbusters reboot. 
Oh, yeah. Director Paul Fig, I guess his name is. He may be doing a Ghostbusters reboot with an all-female cast. What? Yep. And if you don't know who Paul Fag is, uh, he directed Bridesmaids and The Heat. So <laughs> he did pretty good uh, female role leads in movies. But I only think the reason why those movies did so good was, uh, oh, what's the, the heavy check in it? It does the Mike and Molly. Oh, uh, Mc, uh, McCartney. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't think. I, I just want to say... call her Tammy because I keep seeing those <laughs> trailers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's McCarthy because she's Jenny McCarthy's cousin. Yeah. Yep. No shit. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. I didn't know that. Heck is your name? I want to say Molly McCarthy. Anyway, uh, it would be a reboot of a comedy with actresses taking on the lead of the Ghostbusters role. So would this be instead of Ghostbusters three? Or They're not would this sure. Be in addition, they're thinking. It's unclear whether the project would take the place of the previously announced Ghostbusters 3 movie or if it's a separate project altogether. That's a slippery slope they're walking yeah, on there. Is. I mean, not that, uh, you know, a cast of women couldn't do it, but you're just changing up too much too fast, I think, for the viewers. Oh, I would say if I was to throw a monkey wrench into this with the popularity of the psychic medium TV shows, which have females as the basis of it perhaps maybe that's the angle they're hitting at and it's all it's melissa mccarthy that's yeah that's it yeah (laughs) go get a medium (laughs) i don't know i i hope they don't just throw proton packs on these women and just have them cracking jokes the whole time you know ghostbusters was so much more than just i don't know i feel like it's just a novelty of itself i don't know how to say what i'm thinking damn it (laughs) one of the actresses rumored to be in it is uh, Elisa Dushku. Who the hell's that? She was one of the girls in uh, Jane Silent Bob, the dark. One I can't of the names. Yeah, the dark haired little short one. Okay. I know. Yeah, she's cutie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one from Buffy. I think was her name. Mm, yes, I think she was a Buffy. She was in a TV show called Dollhouse too. I didn't see that. Uh, True Lies. It was Arnold's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But all I can think with the Ghostbusters is all that keeps popping up, especially with her name, is the four girls from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> the, the burglars put proton packs on them with cat suits. Oh. <laughs> I can see maybe some kind of uh, under like porno starting like that, like a <laughs> Ghostbuster themed porno, like Whorebusters. <laughs> all right, anything else to say in the rumor mill, guys? That's all I've got. I have no rumors for me. That'll do it for the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Yeah. Rumors. All right. Uh, Do you guys want to talk some comics? I'm ready. Are you ready? What about you, Jeffrey? I'm good. What about you, John? I'm all set. All right. Who wants to go first? Jeff. Yeah, you haven't been here for like three weeks. Jeez. Um, I've been kind of broke still. (laughs) So I've only picked up recently the uh, Superior Spider-Man 32. Oh, I cannot wait to read that. Yeah, it's the beginning or the prequel to the edge of the Spider-Verse. So it kind of sets everything into place. So it shows when Doc got to the year 2099. It shows like him trying to get back. And in the meantime, they find this whole series of something going on where every time he goes back it's another universe but it's like a dead Spider-Man there 
Oh, he, really? And yeah, he just keeps finding dead Spider-Mans everywhere, and he just keeps going back and going back and forth, basically. And then he realizes he needs to be a step ahead of whatever this killer is doing, because he's got the same ability to go back in time. So he's going back, and he's starting to recruit. And that's where they kind of leave you off. And I don't want to give too much more on what he's recruiting, but he's recruited one crazy, crazy guy. And in that one, you'll see uh, Wolverine actually die in front of you, in front of him. And you find out that Wolverine was the mentor of this Spider-Man. Really? So you could think how savage he was probably going to be turning out. That already sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he mentored Miss Marvel and then Spider-Man. It was more of a, the <laughs> savage Wolverine because they're out in the wilderness when you see him and he's like talking about how he's training with Wolverine and then you see him fighting. And I guess he, he's more ruthless. He'll actually kill everyone he comes across, the Spider-Man. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I remember there uh, being a book come out Oh, probably about 10 years ago, and I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was like Spider-Man Origin, I think. But uh, in that book, he goes through like a metamorphosis where he's like in a cocoon, and when he comes out, all the senses are heightened. But he's also being taught, I don't remember by who, maybe Madam Web or something, to use all the powers that a spider would have that aren't so apparent, like being able to climb up the wall and jump, you know, the things that a spider can do, like spinning your web everywhere and then like feeling for vibration to find somebody in a building for example he just started finding all these powers he's always had but never you know thought to experiment with and one of them being he had spikes in his arm kind of like uh was it wolverine's son Draken. or Draken, i think it was. he had like a single spike that would come out of his wrist like from his the front blades. of his hand huh but uh like marrow yeah Kind of. They were just these uh, big spikes that would come out that he could uh, retract, kind of like Wolverine. Well, it looks like, I mean, that one, might act, he might actually be in there. Because the ones that I've seen that are dead are the ones that uh, showed up in, like, the Fantastic Four when he was the other Fantastic. Oh, uh, like in the Four. Fantastic Four outfit with a bag on his head? No. no that no. was... That was <laughs> wow. That was one of the incarnations oh, of Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, I think it was on that poster. He's on that spot, yeah. I know he's somewhere on there. No, that wasn't that Deadpool that had the swords that came out of his arm? Wolverine Origins? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this was a book. It was no. really good. No, I, I like have a to lot of them find were, what the title was. All the dead ones that I was noticing, like when he'd team up with the Avengers, but he'd also be somewhere else in another comic. I don't oh. know if you were, like, he shouldn't be there. Like, kind of like Wolverine's always in a different comic or right. like Avengers or something. But it was like you would see like the Fantastic Four version of uh, Spider-Man was dead, and then you'd see um, not to get into it too much, but they had the Iron Spider was dead. Ooh. Yeah. So it was like all the other versions that we would normally know of were dead already, but the ones that we don't know of were actually popping up everywhere. I wish there was some kind of a Iron Spider series because I don't think we got to see enough of that badass suit that he had, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was the uh, Otto Octavius suit was kind of a ripoff of it, just in what it could do with, like, the mechanical the arms, arms that came it, out of yeah. his back and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no. I can't go any much further, but I know I'm waiting for the next issue, whatever it's going to come out on. That's a four-parter, isn't it? I don't remember. I, I remember saying so. it on the show back when they first announced it. It was something like that, though. Some, yeah, three or four, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. But Anyway. All right, I'll go next. Um, last week we were talking a little bit about the Inhumans, and I 
had forgotten I was sitting on uh, issue one of the Inhumans <laughs> and didn't even realize it because they put it in the back of uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one. So I read it just to kind of catch up with it because, like Jack said earlier, there's been talks of a movie coming. So um, it was all right. I mean, I... There wasn't a lot to it. No, it, it was very little to go on. I think I need to get two and three to get a better grasp of what's happening. But Give pretty you more much, back history. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty much the Kree aliens had come down to Earth many, many, many years ago and put something in certain humans' blood, kind of like a, a hidden like mutation or something, mm-hmm. that when they're exposed to some gas that this crystal lets off... Terrigen gas. Yeah, that it brings that power out of them. There was someone who had a sliver of it who was just choosing whose powers could be brought out. And then Black Bolt came along and just said, well, everyone should be allowed to have it. So in his death, somehow this big cloud's traveling around the United States, well, around the world. And anyone who breathes it in, who has this chromosome or whatever it is in their blood system, automatically launches in this big cocoon and comes out with these powers. So um, it's been interesting so far. It looks like there's an inhuman who was created long before the gas came along, who's kind of going around and killing the Inhumans. He doesn't seem worthy to have the power. Mm -hmm. So I think that'd be a good villain, but I think I need to read uh, two and three just to get a better grasp on what's happening. Is three out? The five's coming out this week. Seriously? That's what he was saying today. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, they're all in my pool. I haven't gotten them. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. That's all I have on that. In the end of... Uh, Thor the Dark World when they show the the collector scene okay and one of the cases is a big cocoon and that's Adam Warlock he's one of the Inhumans which is also a Guardian so part two he's gonna be plus he has one of the Infinity Stones in his forehead too so wasn't the dog supposed to be part of the galaxy or the Guardians he was one at one time was he Cosmos Cosmos yeah (laughs) Cosmos the space dog wasn't he in the movie? Yeah. He's yeah. a psych, psychic, talks to you through his mind. He's a Russian psychic. Yeah. Well, I've, I've gone along with a talking raccoon and a talking <laughs> tree, so why the hell not? Anyway, who wants to go next? Me, me, me. Okay, Jack, you have the flow. Hellboy, the Conquer Worm graphic novel I picked up on Hellboy's birthday oh, this yeah. year. Forgot it was in my box. What was that, like the fifth? 15th anniversary or 20th or 25th they were celebrating? I don't I can't remember. remember. Anyway, continue. It was really good. I think I might start reading Hellboy now. Really? Yeah, after seeing both movies, I liked both movies, even though the second one was not as good, I guess. It was still alright. Yeah, I, they're both very good movies, though, in the end. I enjoy them. Reading the book, it reads like you're watching a movie. Really? Just the way everything gets set up. Like, at the very beginning, it gives kind of a poem from Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. And then while it's going through the poem, it's showing a bunch of, like, dark castles back in Germany, back in World War II era. Then it hits a little bit of the past of what's going on to set up the whole story. And then just as it finishes that up, it switches into BRDP having a meeting, getting ready for their mission. Then they go into the mission, and all hell breaks loose. Hellboy's badass. (laughs) Crazy uh, Nazi scientific... uh, lab stuff going on but it was it was pretty good I, I got it's like five five chapters in I got through 
the second one. What uh, what's the name of that tray? Uh, the con- or Conquer Worm. Conquer Worm. You know, I, I need to read more on Hellboy because the day we went out and uh, picked up those books on his uh, anniversary, I just got a couple books that were in like the used comic books, mm-hmm. like in the middle of a series. Yeah. So I wasn't really catching what was going on. But I think I could probably adapt and uh, really get into those books. The only part I don't like about it is there's a lot of references to past stuff because there'll be like a little footnote and it'll say uh, in the, at this title ep- titled series. So you kind of have to go back to understand what they're talking Thank about. Thank God for the footnotes, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm so lost. <laughs> cool. So Hellboy Conquer Worm. There's right. a, actually a Nazi scientist shot a rocket into space. Find out later on in the book that it was a dead body. There's some kind of space ghosts out there. That it's are coast waiting. to coast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy named Brack was out there. <laughs> I like beans. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You never watched Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yeah, but I don't remember You don't that. remember Brack? Brack, Brack the, show. The, the, the bug, Brack the show. locust guy? The, no, that was... What was the locust? The... Zorak. Zorak, Zorak yeah. Zorak. It's been <laughs> so long since I've watched it. Wow. Anyway, anyway, yeah, there's these ghosts out in space that I guess the Nazis sent the, the rocket up there with a dead body for the ghost to take possession of the body. Later on, it would come back to Earth. And that's where the story starts is they see a rocket come back to Earth. So Hellboy and his team head over there to find out what's the what. And I haven't exactly seen what's going on because the rocket hasn't landed back yet. I bet you it's a big conquering worm on that rocket. Right, I bet so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good thing I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, John? What do you got? Well, I thought I'd bring something a little different to the um, to the table today. Um, growing up as a, as a kid, I was exposed to the wonderful work of Kyle Box, and that would be with Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck. Oh, and yeah. Were, and these were through the comics that my dad had brought from his childhood, and he had a, a box full of them, and these a lot of these comics didn't have their covers. They were beat up. They were torn up. But these were some of the best adventures I've ever read in comics. And so the guys over at Fantagraphics, including Gary Groth, have the rights to produce these books now. And they're producing these awesome hardcovers. And these hardcovers collect a whole bunch of cowl box works in full color. And the attention to the way that these books read it's it's just amazing it's almost like i'm i'm reading those books many many years ago and they're they're pretty affordable they're um you can get them off of amazon and i'm sure that the comic shops local comic shops carry them i know mine in massachusetts they do and it's just a delightful, wonderful romp into um, with Donald Duck. It's going to be a, you know a day in the life for him. For Uncle Scrooge, they're going to be adventures. These are going to be adventures that make the ones Indiana Jones go on seem tame. Wow, that does sound uh, interesting. I used to love that stuff when mm-hmm. I was young, and I have really fallen away from it. All the comics I buy anymore all have serious tones to them. I occasionally grab a Simpsons comic because those comics have stayed consistently funny for years. I've been buying the Simpsons comics a long time but anymore I just periodically grab one here or there. 
Oh, and they're such wonderfully crafted stories, and you, you learn things along the way. That there's some um, bits of nature and science, as well as mythology. Those, really? Oh, yeah. They met Thor. I believe they met Thor before um, Marvel Comics met Thor. No not, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it, 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 quite, quite an amazing um, collection. And they curate these collections in a way that you get a variety and I think one, one book, picking up one book, even if you can find one at a 50% off sale or less, you're going to be hooked. Um, not to mention the artwork is first class and the color in it's beautiful. It, this is the attention that this series deserves. Um, and they're also releasing, I, I believe it's later in the year, the Don Rosa collection. And Don Rosa is one of the artists that in more recent years has picked up the Carl Box mantle and run with these characters and has even added more to the the Uncle Scrooge mythos, the Donald Duck mythos, which is something that we really don't know about because Disney doesn't really embrace it. Um, Uncle Scrooge was not created by Walt Disney or anyone in the Walt Disney Company. He was created by Carl Box. Okay. Huh, huh. Yeah, and Ducktales, which I refuse to really speak about because of the <laughs> they most of those stories were Kyle Box stories that were re- repurposed and no attention. They didn't give him any credit, and you're then kidding they, me. No, and then they th- they would throw in these other characters like oh we forget Donald Duck we need this character called Launchpad or we need a Gizmo right. Duck. No, no, you didn't need any of that stuff. These were, I, I, there was insecurities, I believe, in the produ- produ- production of these cartoons, and they suffered because the source material far outweighs it, makes it it's a lot better. So I, I encourage you, if not even digital comics, I'm not sure if they exist anywhere in comicsology at this point, but I'm sure you can even find one online. Someone's probably posted it and just give it a read and check out what Kyle Box had to say. And this is back in the Uncle Scrooge was back in the 60s and his Donald Duck work happened before that in the 50s and 40s. I would love to read that. I had no idea that DuckTales was, you know, loosed base. Oh, yeah. Oh, based yeah. loosely on a on a. Uh, I thought it was just book. something new to put on there for kids to watch. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Uh, Rescue Rangers and stuff like that. Now that stuff was all new. That's yeah. that's fine. But yeah, no, no. DuckTales was specifically a derivative work of Kyle Box and what he had produced. And and one of the the quotes I remember hearing, and I don't know who said it. And it might have been Frank Miller, but you can't quote me on that part of it. Is that if you want to see a group of professionals just turn into sniv- sniveling fanboys, is when Kyle Box would enter a room. And that's true. I actually had an opportunity to talk to Sergio Aragones over the weekend at the Boston Comic Con, and he had a wonderful anecdote about Kyle Box and about visiting him and what a wonderful human being he was and just what a gracious individual he was to him. And I believe he mentioned in that the trip that he had taken, it was him, it was Scott Shaw. There were um, oh, there were a couple of, of other big professionals that had worked in humor comics that had visited at the time and yeah it's just it's just a wonderful part of, of comic history that thankfully Gary Groth and Fantagraphics is bringing to the forefront and by the looks of their listings on Amazon they're dropping a lot of these books out there 
So are they, like, re-releasing each issue, like, monthly, or are they just putting them in, like, a trade? It's going to be, it's in a trade, a hardcover. The one I have in front of me is only a poor old man, and in it, it looks as if we easily have 20 stories in here, 20, 20 different stories from the comics, which, for the price of $20, not bad. And that's the Amazon price, actually, twenty two sixty seven. I'm going to have to look into those, because... Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, was it like Disney Digest or something that used to come out in like the early 90s and it had comics in it, news about uh, stars, games. It was kind of like a Disney version of like Highlight Magazine. Just oh, not, sure. uh, I don't know, it was more entertainment than I think Highlights was like crafty <laughs> and trying to get your ass outside away from the TV where this <laughs> one was planting you in front of it. But in that Digest every month there was always, uh, like I said, like three or four comics. And I remember Scrooge being in there quite a bit. And they were very enjoyable. I, I hadn't. Wow, you have really educated me on this. <laughs> well, it's a passion, and it, it's really. I, if it weren't for these Kyle Box comics, I probably wouldn't be pursuing my own comic. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's why I Thank love you. doing this. You yeah. always learn something. <laughs> Good find. Thank you. Alrighty. So with that, let's move into real world heroes. Jack, who do we got this week? Rhonda Carlson from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And what has Rhonda Carlson done to deserve a spot on our wall? Well, one day, Rhonda was standing at the the bus stop with her kid, waiting for the bus to come pick up like you do. Uh, She noticed the school bus was coming, didn't slow down, was actually gaining a little bit of speed, and passed her up. Didn't even stop at the bus stop. So uh, she thought something was awry decided to hightail it chasing the bus sprinting after it and as you know uh, she looked inside saw the bus driver was hunched over i guess he had had a seizure and passed out oh wow bus full of kids and as you know the the bus the school bus doors won't open from the outside you have to be on the inside so while she's sprinting next to the bus she got the attention of one of the kids in the front seat told them to go up and told them how to open the bus door the kid ended up opening up the bus door. She jumped in, climbed up, moved the guy over out of the seat, and you know got the brakes stopped and shut the car off. Everyone was okay. Wow! Or shut the bus off. That's that's incredible. <laughs> she had to have been. She has to be fit to be uh, able to. She like, would have to be. Yeah. <laughs> run down a bus and get on. <laughs> wow. It doesn't say how fast the bus was going, but I'm sure it wasn't you know just tootling along, especially if oh, someone's right. passed out right up hanging over the. Especially like dead, dead weight on a gas pedal. Uh, yeah, yeah. When did this happen? Uh, 2012, so a couple years ago. And there was a scene in uh, Batman Year One where there's an out-of-control bus and James Gordon does something like that. Mm-hmm. That's fictional. This is yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Incredible. So for that, Rhonda, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So congratulations, Rhonda. All right, let's move into our stories here. Um, The first thing I'm just going to talk about really quick was the other day I was at the store and saw that the DVDs for Captain America and Spider-Man are already coming out. Well, I shouldn't say already for Captain America Winter Soldier. That's coming out September 9th on DVD. But what surprised me was Spider-Man 2, August 19th, available on DVD, and it is available right now for digital download on like iTunes. That was just in May. I know. 
I, I said something to Brooke. She's like, well, it's been about the right time. And I was like, I don't think so. No. I mean, the other one came out uh, on DVD around like November, I feel like, around the holidays. But anyway, that's all I got on that. I just wanted want to make well, that announcement. Do you guys... I'm sorry. Do you guys remember back in 89 when they released the Batman movie in August of that year? Uh, no, I was mm-hmm. I was a little too young myself. too young. Yeah, that was surprising to flip a movie around that fast, and that, that was the fastest we'd ever seen anything at that time. The first Keaton Batman? The first one, yes. Yeah, I don't what know. What was I the remember. turnaround on that? How quick did it come out well, after it was in theaters? If it was in early summer, I'm, I'm thinking it was like the last days of August, early days of September. It was already on VHS. Wow. Yeah, it was because normally it would take almost a year at that point. Sure, Ooh. they had to come out on video, right? Yeah, holiday sales, right? But yeah, it did so good. Then all they did was just racking more money, getting it pushed out early enough. It just blew me out of the water. I mean, this movie, uh, I mean, it did well, but it didn't do as good as a lot of the other summer blockbusters. Yeah. I can't, I don't know why they're rushing it out so quick, but anyway, paying more marketing because now, uh, you can get a coupon for the movie if you go to White Castle and get a Crave case. What? Yeah. What do you mean get a coupon for the movie? Like a I think coupon you get to a, get you a copy of the movie for yeah, free or something? Something like that, yeah. What? Yeah, I saw it on I saw it on TV this morning. There's a White Castle right down the road, man. <laughs> You'll get you a Crave case and diarrhea. So I can have a box there. of burgers, diarrhea, and <laughs> Spider-Man 2 all in the same night. And the diarrhea rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Spider. Where can you go wrong? Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm gonna be going to White Castle. All right. Anyway, moving along. Coming out this Tuesday. Going back to Ninja Turtles. There's on DVD and digital release. August 12th, of course. That'll already pass by the time this airs. Uh, Turtle Power: The Definitive History of TMNT is coming out. It's a documentary on their history, like an in-depth documentary. They're going to show the rock band. Oh hell yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, and that's <laughs> still not as bad as Next Mutation, but pretty damn close. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of things in their history that are kind of shameful, but I'm I'm really excited to watch it. And there is a trailer out for it. You'll have to put it on the website. Oh, okay. Moving along, Jack, you have something on Star Wars? Yeah, back in Comic-Con 2012, I believe it was. Or was it last year, Jeff? Uh, I think it was 2012. Was it 2012? Yeah. They showed uh, the preview of a game for Star Wars 1313. It was amazing. Everybody loved it. Everyone wanted it. Then Disney bought Lucas, and they scrapped it. Well, right now, I guess there has been... uh, New concept and story information for the game. And there is a petition going around to send it to EA to tell them to finish it. Really? Yep. The trailer you showed us tonight, was that the same trailer that was originally released or is that a new trailer? No, that was the same one. I haven't seen any of the new concept art or anything. It looked amazing. Yeah, it did. I wonder if they're going to redo the trailer and redo how it's done or if they're just going to keep working on with what was already made. Hopefully this petition works. I signed it this morning, and I want to say there was about 30,000 30, or maybe 3,000 people have signed it already. 
Wow. But um, it's going to link to it. A link to it's going to go up on the website probably along with a, the trailer for it because, good God, it looked good. So do you have any idea what the story is, either of you? I mean, is it set before or after the original movies? or That I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know if it's after. I know it takes place in Coruscant City, which that whole planet is basically a city, and it takes place on level 1313, and you play as a bounty hunter. I'll have to look more into that. I want to know what era or, you know, what timeline during the story that's happening. I don't know if it's after all the Jedi's dead. If it's after episode four, first, episode five, Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) we got through it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what it's about. I just wanted to play it. Yeah. Just because of what it looked like. Oh, the trailer looks amazing. There's no argument there. Did uh, they have the Lucas art? fanfare on it on that trailer no no it no. didn't Mm-mm. that's a good sign i don't even know i'm not sure if ea was doing it and they pulled it after disney bottom or if it was somebody else was doing it and since lucas arts lost the rights to it pretty much disney was just like you're not doing it hmm interesting I'm going to have to look more into that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm probably going to have to get a next-gen console to play the game. But Yeah, you're not going to get graphics like that off of 360. No. <laughs> it's not a computer game, is it? Or is it? It might be multi-platform. They didn't even say what it's going to be for yet because it was so early in production. Well, go to the website. Check out the trailer. It looks amazing. Hit up the petition. Sign it. There you go. Make EA do it. Get off your lazy ass and make a game, EA. All right. <clears throat> Last thing I have, story-wise, is there's going to be a live Simpsons show. And I'm not sure how they're going to play this, but uh, the Hollywood Bowl is going to be hosting it. And uh, it's going to be a live production with cast members. It's going to begin, let me see, at 8 o'clock on September 12th, 13th, and the 14th, I believe. Uh, Hank Azaria is going to be hosting it with a bunch of special guests. Nancy Cartwright, Yardley Smith are going to be there. The voices of Bart and Lisa, of course. Uh, Matt Groening will be uh, talking about his work on the series. And uh, guests who have been on the show, like Weird Al, are going to be there. Uh, Conan O'Brien, though, is going to be there <laughs> singing the monorail song. Because he originally wrote... I, the, I know he wrote the episode. I don't know if he wrote the song or not. But he's going to be performing that song. Uh, I'm excited as hell. I really oh want to see it. They're going to be letting up uh, random clips that have been cut over the last 25 years, and there's going to be a live orchestra playing all the music as you watch it. So I don't know if it's just a tribute to them or if they're actually going to have the voice cast somehow perform an episode on stage. I have no idea what's happening here, but with what little bit I have here, it sounds <laughs> awesome because I'm a huge Simpsons fan. Hopefully it's not going to be like the whole Shrek live thing. Ugh. What was that? Because it, it's it's a whole uh, like Broadway show of Shrek, and the guy that plays Shrek, he just has this big prosthetic headpiece that it doesn't look right because his face is a man face. It's not a big I don't know. It just looked <laughs> so it's like a tiny little face in the middle of a huge head. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, it's got to be better than the episodes they're pumping out now. So. <laughs> That's a lot coming from a Simpsons fan, but anyway. Oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to talk about, too. Uh, Superman versus Batman, Donna Justice, has been moved oh, to yeah. May 
or excuse me, moved from May 2016 to March 25th of the same year because Captain America 3 was scheduled to be released on the same day. They're afraid. They're afraid. I remember in the episode we talked about that they were going to do on the same day, Mm -hmm. just kind of like a screw you Marvel type thing. Right. Yep. They backed out. I don't know. (laughs) I I really don't think that uh, they would have anything to worry about if they came out the same night. I don't either. There's a whole weekend. that movie is so much bigger than I think people... uh, The expectations of that movie are much bigger than what people are expecting to see out of Captain America 3. Mm -hmm. I will definitely go see Batman Superman before Captain America. (laughs) But... um, Man, yeah, we've seen movie. two Captain America movies already. I'm ready for Batman Superman. Yeah, yeah. How long have we been waiting to see this? Yep. Come on. So, but whatever. So March 25th of 2016. Got a little while to wait, but I'm sure we'll be talking about it more before then. Yeah, you will hear about it again. <laughs> all right. That's all I have for stories. You guys have anything? Nope. No, I want to talk about the book. Let's talk about the book. You still with us, John? I am still with you guys, enjoying the show. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to have you on here again. So tell us a little bit about Boots and Pup. I mean, where did the uh, concept for these characters come from? Well, if I was to go back to the very beginning, it would probably be 1989, um, where I had originally conceived the characters as um, my answer to Donald Duck. I grew up with the comics, the Kyle Box comics I talked to you about, but I also grew up with Star Wars. And so I knew that I wanted to do something funny animal, but I also knew that I really enjoyed science fiction, enjoyed space, so they'd be funny animal aliens. Not that they're necessarily animals, but they have that, that funny animal appeal to it, and making them aliens just it made sense. And so fast forward a little bit to, I'm going to fast forward all the way to the year 2005. Um, I had pretty much given up on cartooning, illustrating, doing anything that was really creative with, um, with comics. And by that point, I was kind of frustrated. And I'm thinking, I really want to do something. I want to make a comic book. I couldn't afford to make a comic book. And my buddy says, hey, you can make a webcomic. I'm like, well, what's a webcomic? He's like, you got to check this out. Look at this. So he showed me Penny Arcade. I'm like, okay, that's a webcomic, all right. So how do I do it? And he said, well, you just make a website and you put a comic on it. I'm like, okay, that's great. And, of course, you know, insert a very long pause. I don't know how to make a website. He said, I'll show you, <laughs> he said, I'll show you in 15 minutes. And in 15 minutes, he showed me how to make my first website. And so that was in um, actually late 2004. In February of 2005, I debuted Boots and Pop as a webcomic. And I had utilized um, character designs on, the, on these guys that I had made in 1999. You know, I did all the model sheets and everything, and I brought them into um, into the computer, made that first strip, posted in February, and I waited for people to show up. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited. So that was pretty much the, the origin of Boots and Puff as a webcomic. And from that point on, I went 150 comic strips, and that was over the course of 2005-2006. By the time that that was over, I had a really nice idea of who these guys were. And it was really a story about a blue guy and his green friend. And a story about friendship. And a story about two people being truly from different worlds. 
and how that friendship developed. Um, along the way, they picked up some other cast of characters. They picked up a fish named Sniffles. Mm -hmm. They picked up a rocket ship named Charlie. And they also picked up a boss called The Boss and a co-worker named Flo. Um, they were originally meant to be an adventure strip. For a while, I brought them over to the Joke a Day, Five Days a Week comic. And then I sort of put them away again. And I put them away again until 2011 when I, I really felt like I hadn't explored who these characters were. And at, by this time, I really, really wanted to do a comic book. And with the way that the um, printing industry had been going, I could actually afford to do a comic book. And so I debuted Boots and Pup number one which was a retelling, rehashing of some of the funnier comic strips. And with that, by issue number two, I had broken them open and they were on their own. They were doing all the fun things I always want to do with a comic. So that was a technical origin. Um, to try to, again, to explain it, it's really, is, it's about two best friends who happen to be from different worlds. There's, a, you know, Sniffles a Fish, the boss, they start off pretty much living a bit of a slacker life, and by the end of the book, things start to shake up for them. Yes. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I loved about it. I mean, it seems like it's, a, at first, like a book of just short stories, mm -hmm. but they all, you know, start rolling into yeah. a bigger story. I wasn't expecting that. That's why it caught through. me by surprise, too. Because at first reading it, it was like you were saying it was the, the joke a week or joke a day kind of comic strip. But once it got to the middle and then to the end, it actually turned into a whole big long story. Exactly. Yeah. Like when they uh, they order pizza in one in one strip. And then the next one, you still see the pizza boxes yeah. <laughs> sitting on the floor in the living room from the... The uh, strip a few pages back. I love that, and uh, there's even the twists in there, like the uh, the spy, the informant. That <laughs> that, cra <laughs> that cracked me up. I was losing it, thinking it was him the whole time. Totally threw me off. I was like, no way. Oh, and by by book two. I'm going to twist it around again. Oh, you so, are? Oh, yeah. And that's really, I, I guess, where I am with the comic. I, I want you guys to be able to laugh at it. I want you to have fun. But I also don't want to keep you thinking that, oh, I know the way it's going to go. And it's been – sometimes I don't even know the way it's going to go. As a matter of fact, if I was to take you to the, the end of what would be considered book three where – let's say Boots ends up with a new boss all along as I was building up that storyline I thought I knew who his boss was going to be and then as I'm as I'm doing that last page I'm like no I'm changing it and so originally and I'll say because it doesn't well you know what actually I won't I won't spoil it because you do kind of I give you the idea of it's who I wanted it to be but by the time I flipped it it um it, again it surprised me and I, I still I still read the book and I laugh at some of the things that I've done I, I laugh at how silly some of the things are and I and it's just it's been a really fun thing and this the homages that I have I have an homage to Psycho in book three which you know anyone who of course knows the shower scene will, right. will remember <laughs> it um, it's it's been a it's been a fun 
project to work on. It's been a blessing. It's been exciting too. It's I just came back from Boston Comic Con with it. Um, watching the you know, ex- existing readers I've had and the new readers coming on board, the reactions, the laughter, the the fun. It, it's just it's just been a, a wonderful ride. I'm sure that's got to be an amazing feeling to uh, just see someone in, enjoying your work. Mm-hmm. How how awesome that would be. And uh, you know I love how. And a big thing in the comic books I read, I know a lot of us read, are the continuing story. And, you know, uh, like you were saying earlier about Hellboy, you know, there's little cliff notes that make you go back. Yeah. The same thing was kind of happening with this book. I mean, not that there are cliff notes in there, not that you need them. But, uh, like, when it gets toward the end, you're thinking, uh, like, little clues are let up early in the book, but you don't pick them up Uh, until you read farther. It makes you go back and keep looking through the pages like oh yeah it was mm-hmm. right under my nose the whole time <laughs> I, that's exactly what i loved about that part towards the end i was just cracking up as i was drawing it i laughed because it's just so absurd it's just so ridiculous that that would even be something to pay attention to and and watching come back and uh, book two um in terms of how it plans out there will be more of this, but it's also going to take a little step to the serious side. Um, I have introduced characters from two different worlds where Boots has come from a pretty safe world. Pup has come from a world where he, he only had one person in his life, and that person has, has since passed on. And we're going to go back and explore some of Pup's story and some of Boots' story, and we're going to meet some of those um, characters that made them who they are today, and they're going to they're gonna head off. There's a journey is awaiting them. And it's, it's, I'm very excited to have that story worked out. I'm hoping to have it here in everybody's hands by November, um, which is a big undertaking, but it's one that I'm just so excited about. Yeah. That's one I got to read because I was yep. reading the back pages with the, uh, the notes just talking about the characters. And I was like, man, that's cool. I want to see how they met. I, uh, <laughs> right. How they all came together. Yeah. Well, and you can see an abridged version of that um, in the webcomic, and the webcomic currently is being run at gocomics.com. And this is um, my way of putting those old comic strips in circulation, so you'll see all 150 of the originals up there. Right now, I'm at the point where um, it's still within the continuation storyline that sort of harkens to this book. Um, there's, um, th- there's definitely themes that run throughout the comic strip and the books so it would be maybe worth it to just sort of see the origin of some of these these things as, as well as the MacGuffin that ends up being introduced later on in the story that's actually happening right now on the dailies I'm excited to read Mark you're going to add you know real human elements to uh, carefree funny nope. characters that's awesome I love that well, thank you um, now you also have a iOS app to accompany uh, Boots do. and Pop right? I do. It's um, so one of the things I do at these at the comic cons is I want to be able to give something else back. I love the fact that people are buying the books, that they're interested in the characters, that they're they're looking, they're paying attention, and even if you walk away with just an idea that there's a, a free game out there, it's totally free to play. To play, you're not paying for anything. All you're doing is you're taking my character, Sniffles the fish strapping a rocket pack to his back and you're flying him over some smokestacks that sometimes spew fire and if you're if you're good enough to get to level level 10 you're gonna get pelted by some asteroids oh wow so, <laughs> oh yeah yeah and 
right now, as it speaks, I believe three people out there have um, have beat the game. It only goes up to level 50, so it's not that difficult. But of the three people, um, one of them has already given me death threats because of its difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried playing it myself, and yeah, it's definitely challenging, but I like that in the game. I hate mm -hmm. games that you just you know go through the motions and then beat and they make you feel like you've accomplished something when you haven't <laughs> this game you're going to really feel like you've accomplished something this is a fun game yeah and i do give you an ending you so you have an opportunity to beat it have a reward screen at the end of it and you know maybe feel some of the frustration sniffles will feel plus i will say that fish missile does show up in the next book oh sweet <laughs> tie in i'm very excited so thank you I mean, uh, you said gocomics.com. People can go and check out the strips, right? Yes, and that's for free. Um, all they have to do is find a Boots and Pup comic. Um, they can do a search through the search, or they can find it through the Sherpa section. And then um, you can, of course, buy the book on Amazon. Um, I have two, two books on Amazon, which would be the Inspired Laziness, which we're talking about now, which I sent to you, you gentlemen. And then there's also Collected Craziness. And Collected Craziness is the... Um, 150 or so web comics in full color. Very cool. Sweet. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, we look forward to seeing more from Boots and Pup, John. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for being on. Same here. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And we're going to throw uh, links to Boots and Pup's website and Go Comics, everything like that, up on our website. Jack, what else we have on there? Oh, the show recaps for past shows, photos from past episodes. Well, not the episodes, I guess, just stuff we talked about. Uh, videos, trailers, the canned, canned air game store, comic store, and movie store. Yes. And also find us on Twitter at canned air pod. And uh, <clears throat> Jack and I were kind of talking loosely today. Now, this is just uh, talk, but we're... It's kinda, a rumor. Yeah. Oh, we should have done <laughs> in the rumor mill. <laughs> we're kind of talking about having a section on the website where you can go and just read a bunch of free comics. But uh, we're still hammering out the details. We yep. don't want to get in any kind of legal trouble there. So we'll let you know when that all launches. Um, anything else, guys? Leave a comment on iTunes. Oh, you know what? There is one more thing I do want to say. I almost totally forgot. I wanted to uh, take this opportunity to thank Rachel Rachel West. Oh, yes. For yes. Uh, inviting us to the Ninja Turtles uh, private screening in Columbus, Ohio there. It was a good time. And uh, even though we had some complaints about the movie, it was a blast. And uh, <laughs> we're just very honored that she thought of us. So yeah, thank yeah, you so again. much. And one more time, John, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. I look forward to a return trip with um, book number two. Well, we can't wait to have yep. you back on. Yeah. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And I'm John Yaskatis. And we'll see you all next time. You know, as we come to the end of this phase of our life, we find ourselves trying to remember the good times and trying to forget the bad times. And we find ourselves thinking about the future. We start to worry, thinking, what am I going to do? Where am I going to be in 10 years? But I say to you, hey, Please, don't worry so much. Because in the end, 
none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky. When the stars are strung across the velvety night, and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day, make a wish. Make your life spectacular. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. 